From creation to the flood to the patriarchs to Egypt, join me, Pastor Hook, as we go through Genesis, the backstory to the beginning. Joseph. So Joseph is um, one of my favorite characters. When I was a kid, I went to a Lutheran school, um, and in seventh grade, we put on a musical. And the musical that we put on was called Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And it was written by Andrew Lloyd Webber. And it is a kid's musical. So there's about, I don't know, eight songs in it. And uh, we learned the songs. I think we had a, a soundtrack or a tape track that we sang to, and then we did some actions to it. And I remember doing the musical, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And uh, it was really, really awesome. Enjoyed it immensely. And um, did I sing the part of Joseph? I close my eyes. I may have been, <laughs> it was a long time ago. I may have been Joseph in that musical. Um, I loved to sing and I had a good voice when I was younger. So I got tapped for a lot of uh, parts like that. Uh, but I can't, I, it's been 40 some, 50 years ago since that musical, since we did that musical. And so I, I don't remember. I have to, I have to ask my, uh, my musical director still alive. I still run into her all the time. 50 years later. So I have to ask her if I played part of Joseph in that. Anyway, um, so what happened was that Andrew Lloyd Webber then, after he wrote that, it was for a, it was for written for kids. And so kids all across the world, you know, started doing this musical about Joseph. And then uh, he decided he wanted to take it to Broadway. So he rewrote, uh, he didn't rewrite the songs per se, but he put them in different styles. And he stylized them and he put uh, better choreography and it became a Broadway hit. And I mean a big, huge Broadway hit. And if you've never seen the Broadway version of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, it is amazing. It is wonderful. I put it up there with La Mis and Phantom of the Opera, uh, you know, and some of the great, you know, musicals that are out there. And um, so the story of Joseph obviously is a great story. Uh, it takes up 13, 14 chapters in the, in the chap, you know, in Genesis. So, I mean, it's a quarter of, the, of Genesis is taken up uh, with this story. It's a great story. And it's also one that shows a lot of important lessons to learn. And it's just an all-around interesting, fascinating story. And um, the interesting I mean, the, the first thing you'll notice about this story is that Joseph isn't um, Joseph isn't the main character going forward after Genesis for the line of Jesus because Jesus' ancestry doesn't go through Joseph. Uh, it goes through Judah and one of the other of, of, of uh, Jacob's sons. And uh, so this is like an add-on story that isn't necessary for the propagation of the line of Jesus, but it is an important story to tell a whole lot of interesting lessons about God, about how he communicates to people, about how we should live our life, about, um, about grace, about love, about mercy, about hard life, 
I mean, there's just so much, there's so much in this story that is worth investigating and digging into. So uh, when, when I made the decision to go through the book of Genesis, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to is because I wanted to get to this story. I love this story. Um, in many ways, I see myself as a Joseph. Um, although I didn't have brothers that did to me what Joseph's brothers did to him. Uh, but I, I don't know, I just identify, I identify with Joseph and I, I, I want to be like Joseph. Uh, some of the things that Joseph did, I want to be that person. So uh, it's good to study him and it's good to talk about him. And so we're going to do that. Um, so I think you're going to be blessed by this whole thing about Joseph. And I pray that uh, this story blesses you. And, um, and I guess we'll just go ahead and get started. So this starts in chapter 37. So Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. And this is the account of Jacob's family line. So, sorry, you got to stop it. So Canaan basically is modern day Israel, you know, that whole, anything east, uh, east and north of the Sinai Peninsula next to the Dead Sea, all, you know, all that stuff, uh, the, sea of, the Sea of Galilee, Jordan, all that stuff is Canaan. And um, pr it w before it was the Israelites, it was the land of Canaan. And this was the land that God had promised to uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And eventually they have to get to this land, they have to conquer this land, they have to take this land. Um, but before it becomes the land of Israel, uh, by taking it, uh, it's known as the land of Canaan. And in Canaan is already indigenous people that are living there. We've already encountered them several different times. But now uh, Jacob has gone back to live in the land of Canaan. And this is the account of his family line. Well, it's only one really family line that we're talking about. Uh, Joseph, a young man of 17 years old, was tending the flocks with his brothers. Remember he has... 11 brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. So apparently um, Jacob uh, loves, well, Joseph is an informant maybe about stuff that's going on under the field. He's definitely the youngest, right? He's 17 years old. He has a special bond with, he's not the youngest. Benjamin is the youngest, but he's the second to the youngest. He's his favorite child um, because of Rachel, that, that Jacob just loved, you know, Joseph's mother. And, uh, and so he is out with his brothers, who are probably a good 10 to 15 years older than he is, and they are well set in their ways. They know what they're doing. They, you know, they, they have bonds between them, and uh, we don't know a whole lot about these brothers, except that there's, a, there's 11 of them, and 10 of them are from a different mother. And Joseph apparently doesn't get along with these brothers very well. And so he brings back to his father a bad report about his brothers. So apparently they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing. And he goes and he tattles, right? Nobody likes a, a tattletale. What is, what is it? Uh, nobody likes a tattletale. Uh, there's another phrase in there somewhere. Anyway, verse 3. Now Israel, who is Jacob... Jacob becomes Israel, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age 
and he made an ornate robe for him. Now when his brothers saw that their father father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Now you can imagine this, that um, now this happens periodically, right? It's like the youngest one, the oldest child you've known the longest. The oldest child brings you joy because you've known them the longest. They're typically, uh, you know, they, they know that through the, through the progeny that, you know, the protogeniture that they have, that the oldest is going to, you know, basically take care of the tribe when the father dies. And so you, you love oldest one and you appreciate the oldest one because they're going to be replacing you when they, when you die. Um, and then you have other sons too, that you love each one individually in their own way. But for some reason, well, Jacob loved his, his, uh, his son, Joseph. Uh, more than any of his sons. Because he was born of an old age, yes, that's true, but it's also because of who his mother was. And so he made an ornate robe for him. It was a robe of many colors. And colors, you know, if we wanted to make a robe of colors today, we'd go down to the fabric shop and we'd pick up a whole bunch of different colors. We'd sew it into a robe. Back then, you didn't have the opportunity. You had to trade for cloth that had different colors. And I mean, this, this would have been a very, very difficult thing to produce or to make to get a hold of the materials for. I'm sure it cost a lot, a lot, a lot of money. And so for Joseph um, to receive this coat from his father, Jacob, would it have been an amazing, amazing gift? And I can see the brothers being upset because they wouldn't have had this gift. Um, but Jacob or Israel is getting older in life. He wants to you know, bless his younger son, show him some love. Maybe he read Gary Chapman's five love languages and realized that his love language is gifts and wanted to give him the love language of gifts. I don't know. But his brothers don't like him. And rightfully, I mean, they can be angry at him. But they probably didn't have a lot of love for him anyway. I mean, because of the report that they took back to the father. So I'm sure the father said, yeah, I'm hearing from uh, Joseph, that you're not doing what you should be doing or, you know, you're doing bad things or whatever it was. And so, you know, it's breeding animosity here between the brothers. But God is looking out for Joseph. Uh, apparently, God also has a heart for Joseph, as we'll find out throughout this whole story. So in verse 5, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. And he said to them, listen to this dream I had. You know, we were all binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Oh, no. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. And then Joseph had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. Now, I mean, Joseph, if your brothers are not happy with you, um, what is the point of telling this dream? Uh, but if it truly was, I mean, well, if it was, it was a dream that he had. And I don't, I think the dream must have been so profound and so nerve wracking and so shocking that he had no choice to tell the dream to his brothers. And as we're going to find out, Joseph and dreams are really, really connected. And so um, 
the, the ability to talk about his dreams and to tell dreams. Uh, Joseph obviously lives in a dream world. He, he gets dreams himself. Uh, he's very fascinated with all of the dreams that he gets. And if you'll remember, this characteristic is also in the whole family line, right? From Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They all seem to have dreams periodically. And so Joseph is just basically following in his father's footsteps and getting, uh, getting dreams. Um, so he, he gets the dreams and then he tells them to his brother, which is interesting. I don't know if I would have. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. So this is interesting. He goes and he tells his dad about the dream. And his dad is like, well, why are you having this dream? Um, but I'm going to think about this. I'm just, that's interesting that you've had this dream and that you told me this dream. Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, As you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I am going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. So he said to him, Go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks and bring word back to me. And then he sent him off to the valley of Hebron. So this is interesting also uh, because... Um, apparently, Joseph, even though he's 17 years old, he wasn't out with the sheep on this particular day. The maybe, maybe there's a little bit of animosity between he and his brothers, and so the dad's like, yeah, just kind of stay with me. Um, there's plenty of farm work to do. There's plenty of stuff to do around the house. You don't have to go to tend the sheep. But he decides to send him to see the sheep in Shechem. Um, and you'll remember before that there's lots of sheep here. I mean, there's 11 brothers or 10. And so all these brothers need to tend the sheep. And so there has to be a lot of sheep. Um, and Shechem, of course, is part of Canaan land. So Joseph goes. So when Joseph arrived at Shechem, a man found him wandering around the fields and asked him, what are you looking for? And he replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they're grazing their flocks? They have moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Oh my goodness. There is not a lot of love between Jacob and his brothers, right? Um, that, that is just amazing, amazing, amazing that they would want to kill him. So we know now that there's no love. Now, interesting, um, let's see if we can find these places on a map. Uh, we do have a map here of, of Canaan and Israel. Let's see how much of this map you can see. Um, uh, let's see. So we have um, Shechem is right here, okay? The Jordan River, uh, Sea of Galilee, um, Jerusalem. So you can see that they're here in Shechem. I don't see where Dothan is, but they probably nearby, but Shechem we still have. So they're north of Jerusalem. I don't know, 200 miles, 150 miles north of Jerusalem, 100 miles north of Jerusalem. 
Um, maybe even less. I, I have a hard time knowing. There's no uh, on this map. Anyway. Oh, you can't see that. How do I get this so you can see it? Um, yeah, maybe like that. So Shechem's right in here. All right, so that's about as good as I can get. Sorry about that. Um, so Joseph goes, finds his brother near, brothers near Dothan. They Maybe they moved on because they wanted to hide from the guy. I don't know. But they saw him in the distance, and they want to kill him. They want to kill him. Now, this is interesting because the oldest, right, Reuben, wanted to kill uh, the guy that raped his sister Dinah. Uh, but instead, well, and he did. It, was not, it did not go well for him. All right. So 19, verse 19, here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. I mean, that's one way to put an end to the dreams, right? Is to kill Joseph. Um, when Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Now, this is interesting because Reuben saw what happened the last time this happened. Uh, almost caused a war, almost caused the death of Jacob. Uh, death is a very bad thing, it shouldn't be done, and it can cause all sorts of unintended consequences. And, and uh, Reuben, who's the oldest, said, listen, been through this before, done that, I don't want to go and kill him. Let's see if we can do something else. Uh, Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into the cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. Interesting. Reuben said this to rescue Joseph from them and then take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and they threw him into the cistern, and the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. So we can see here that... Uh, Reuben really didn't want this thing to happen, but he was powerless to control his brothers, which is unfortunate because he should have had power uh, to control his brothers. But this is what happens, right? So uh, we'll continue on. 25, and as they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites. Now remember, the Ishmaelites are from Ishmael, right? Uh, Abraham, Isaac, Isaac and Ishmael were half-brothers. Uh, Ishmael is not really part of, they're, they're Abrahamic, but they're not uh, from Israel. Um, Israel. Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. And Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our own hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood, and his brothers all agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and he said, The boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? 
All right, so a couple things here. First of all, uh, apparently Reuben wasn't there. Judah said, let's sell him. So they got 20 pieces of silver, 20 shekels of silver, which is a lot of money. And you have to remember, slavery was something that happened. You could sell a person to slavery. Um, if you had a slave, you could sell the slave. And Joseph is probably telling the Ishmaelites, I'm not a slave, I'm a brother. But the Ishmaelites looked the other way and they said, yeah, why would your brother sell or sell you into slavery? You're obviously a slave. You know, he's much younger than the brothers. Uh, so, and he probably looks different from the brothers because he's from a different mother. I mean, all these different things that happened to Joseph uh, the, the Ishmaelites, wink, wink, nod, nod. Maybe they knew he was a brother. Maybe they didn't know he was a brother. But Reuben, of course, who is the oldest brother, is supposed to keep the family together, supposed to keep them safe. And if you've ever known an older brother or an older sister, the firstborn of any family, they are almost like a surrogate mother or father um, in most, most families. Dr. Kevin Lehman noticed this when he wrote the birth order book. He noticed that the firstborn has what he calls firstborn characteristics, which are about protection, um, about uh, growing up quickly, about being like, a, being like a, a parent in some respects. Now, not every family has this. Uh, sometimes the firstborn, for whatever reason, doesn't take that role. It's the secondborn that takes the role. Um, if there's four years between, uh, between siblings, Sometimes that next sibling will even take the role. But at some point, somebody in the family takes the role. It's usually the firstborn, but not necessarily the firstborn. But part of that role is that they're supposed to watch after the family. So Reuben should have been watching after the family. Instead, he comes back to the well and finds out that they've sold the brother into slavery. And he's like, what can I do now? How are we going to deal with this? How am I going to tell my father that he's gone and been sold into slavery? Then they got Joseph's robe, they slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. And they took the ornate robe back to their father and they said, we found this. Examine it to see whether it's your son's robe, not our brother's robe, but your son's robe. And of course he recognized and he said, this, it is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. And all of his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. Now, this, if you've ever lost a child, um, you probably know what, I've never lost a child. I hope never to lose a child. But uh, my brother-in-law uh, lost a child and my mother-in-law lost a child, uh, lost two children. And so um, these are things that are amazingly, I don't mean this in a, I mean, it is a grief, I think, that most people don't even understand unless you've lost a child. I've, I've been around enough people to see how they grieve and how it affects them. And it isn't like somebody else dying. I mean, losing a child is a very, very difficult grieving process. And it does not surprise me at all that, that Jacob is not, he says, I'm gonna grieve and mourn for my son for the rest of my life until I join him in the grave. 
And I don't think the brothers realized this, um, what an impact. I mean, if, they, if they'd have known, maybe they would have had second thoughts, but they're angry, they're hot-headed, um, they don't like Joseph, um, and so they sell him into slavery. They can't go back and tell, you know, they can't say, oh, by the way, we sold him into slavery. That, would, that wouldn't work. But so they have to live with the grief of their father. Every day he wakes up and grieves for his son. Every day before he goes to bed, he grieves for his son. And, you, you know, I'm sure they're thinking, well, in a week or two, he'll get over this. No, you don't. Um, it's been 10 years since my niece died, and they, it's still very fresh and raw. It's something you just never get over. Uh, it becomes a part of you. I mean, I think because your child is so much a part of you, you feel, I mean, I don't know because I've never lost a child, but it is, it is a different type of grieving that has its own special place. 36, meanwhile, the Midianites, they didn't keep Joseph. They sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Oh my goodness. So uh, the brothers sell it to the Midianites. The Midianites go to Egypt. They're selling other spices. They don't want to take a slave all the way back to Canaan land, right? That's just, so he becomes property. They sold it for, you know, they bought him for 20 shekels. Maybe they can get 30 or 40. Uh, well, who can pay that kind of money for Joseph? Um, well, it's a captain of the guard. So, so a young a young, strong, virile, 17-year-old slave doesn't come around all the time. And so uh, the, this captain of the guard immediately purchases him and uh, wants to bring him to his house and do, um, you know, to take care of the things in his house. And so he affords to pay the high price for Joseph. And so Joseph is now, as we leave chapter 37, Joseph has left Canaan land went by camel, living in the captain of the guard's house, and um, we'll just have to see how that goes. I'm sure you all know how this goes, but... Um, all right, well, I think we'll leave it at that point because uh, what happens next, of course, is always fascinating. And, uh, well, let's just close in prayer. Dear God, thanks for this day. Thanks for this weather. Uh, for all the people suffering under the wildfires, uh, be with them. Uh, continue to guide us until we meet again tomorrow. In Jesus' name.